Hey there. So I'm really excited about um, just this podcast, but I also realized I was kind of listening to the intro and I, I'm, I'm giggling because I realized that um, a lot of people are probably really excited because they love that song and um, I'm about to not speak too highly of it. Um, uh, so I have a cat that is determined to sit right on my papers. So if you hear me freak out for a second, just ignore it and move along. But anyways, um, I'm going to explain just a second, uh, about why I wanted to do such a podcast. Um, a couple of days ago, I had posted something on Facebook talking about why I am not a fan of Hillsong, to be honest. Um, I used to be a huge lover of their music, and I used to basically blast their music on the loudest decibel that you possibly could all around my house uh, and in my car, and I pretty much knew all their words by heart. And um, there are some of their songs that I think are absolutely fantastic, like Hosanna, that will still forever be one of my favorite songs of theirs. And what a beautiful name. I absolutely love that song still to this day. But um, there are other many songs, to be honest, that they have created that have come and made basically has changed the dynamic of what we sing in our churches. Um, I completely believe, and this is my own conviction. This is not me trying to push it on anybody else. This is me just having a deep, deep, deep desire for people to always consult the word when it comes to things that they are being fed. We have become such a society where we like for people to hand us things. We like to be given everything. We are very entitled And we want to just sit in a sermon and see what we can get from it. And we want to make sure that we leave feeling good and that we leave with all these good emotions. But we don't ever consult our word when it comes to what was the the preacher preaching about? What were the songs actually about? Are they biblical? Are the things that I'm spending my Sunday learning and professing, are they actually truth? Or are these things that are actually leading me further away from God and leading me to hell? Because the reality is, is that if you aren't headed for heaven, then you're headed for hell. And if you're not actually having a right relationship with God, if you don't know who he truly is, based off of what your pastor's saying, based off of the fact that you're wanting to only be fed by somebody else and not your own, which means you're not having a quiet time, you're not spending time in his word, that means you're not actually having a relationship with God, which means, to put it bluntly, you are not going to a place that you believe that you are. And so, anyways, that was a little side tangent, but that does lead into what I'm talking about. Um, I'm going to be taking who you say I am and just kind of explaining why it is such a song that if you are so determined to listen to it, that needs to stay in your house and it needs to stay in your car. It needs to stay where it is not being corporately worshipped. I, with everything in me, do not believe this needs to be a song within a church. And um, 
This is coming from somebody who does lead worship at my church, and this is a song that is on the set list a lot of times. Uh, It is a favorite for our church, um, and that's something that I've had to definitely work through for sure. And I'm at a place now where I... I realize that for me to serve on the worship team, I just have to respect the person who is over me. I have to respect my worship pastor, and that is what I do. And so when he makes a set list, I will not. I don't question it. I don't try and tell him, maybe you shouldn't do this song, maybe you shouldn't do that song, nothing. I just respect him, and I do as I'm told, because that's something else that God has told me through his word that we are supposed to do. And so that's what I do. Um, And I know there's going to be many other people that are in the same boat, and that's the best advice that I can give to you. But continually um, explain your reasoning why you're not a big fan of certain songs or why you do believe that song shouldn't be in um, the congregation uh, to sing. And, you know, maybe eventually things will change. But anyways, so we're going to just go ahead and jump on in as my cat is driving me up the wall. But... We're starting with Who You Say I Am. As I said, this was the song that God really used to open my eyes to this truth that there's a lot of times that just because we're singing a song in our church does not mean that it's actually a song that should be sung in our church. Um, so there's so many other things that I want to say, but you, it will be explained throughout the rest of this podcast the further we go in. So basically, this starts off with saying, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. First thing I just want to point out is that if we are singing a song to God, should it not be professing something towards God? God, except for like, this is basically saying what he has done, but it wasn't even in a manner of who am I that you, the highest King would welcome me. I was lost, but you brought me in. Oh, your love for me. It's not even that. It's just, it's like this far off person. Um, so something I was thinking about a great Bible reference for how I believe that this should be laid out is from 2 Samuel 22. If you look at that, it's David's song of deliverance. And it is 51 incredible verses that cover things that David had done, but he understood that it came because of God. It came through the Lord. And then after that, he then goes and starts proclaiming his praise to God. Like the very, very end, it says, For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king, and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. So even with that, like he's explaining that he's praising God, and this is why. Instead of just saying, hey, this is what... A king has done. This is what God has done. He's actually praising him for it too. And that's all over these verses. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. 
My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. That, while you could look at it and say, yeah, that's all about me because it says my, my, my so often. It's all about God. It is professing God over and over and over and over again and proclaiming who he is not who I am but who he is because in the end you don't matter I'm sorry if that's offensive but it's the truth you do not matter if at the end of your life all they can say is that you were a good person and all they can profess is your name and they don't ever get to being able to profess Christ's name because they never saw him in you then You didn't do what you were brought to this earth to do. So moving on, it says, Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. This is the, it's a course, so it's like a pre-course. And it is accurate. It is a biblically accurate statement. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. That comes from John 8, 34 through 36, which, like I said, it's true because that says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The sun remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. I mean, that's scripturally sound, so I could, I can get on board with that for sure. And that's something I don't mind proclaiming. That is something that I don't mind if you want to write that on something. Because that is a biblically sound, doctrinally pure statement. But, all it does is still is talking about who I am. Who, me, the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. That's still about me. Jesus set me free. So that's one statement I'll give to him, but it's not even thanking him for it. I, me, am a child of God. Okay, so his name's at least mentioned. Yes, I am. Still all about me. I can't, I I can't stomach that, to be honest. The next verse says, free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. So I was looking for a a reference point for this as well. And 1 Peter 1, 14 through 21, it says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as your father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Guys, when I read that, 
I am so brought to a posture of just wanting to praise God. All I want to do is thank him. When you hear this and it says, free at last, he has ransomed me, his grace runs deep. And then it goes on to some more things. Instead of taking a moment and realizing he ransomed me. Jesus died for me. It states that in this verse, he died for me. Yes, he died for me. But we never, ever praise him about that in this song. We never thank him. We don't explain that that was by far the greatest thing that could possibly ever happen to us. And we are so not deserving of that. None of this song explains that we don't deserve what happened to us. All it explains is that if you know who Jesus truly is, and if you truly did accept who he is, which if you listen to these songs, you're never going to figure it out. Then you will be all these things. You will have these things. But this song still doesn't explain whatsoever our praise and our thankfulness and our gratitude for what he did. So this one, this one just, this one miffs me a bit. It really does. And I really like that this talks about the fact that as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Guys, that's not a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I was ignorant about this. And ignorant is not a bad word. It just means that I had a lack of knowledge when it came to this. When it came to worship songs and the true reality of what they're becoming. And what it's been taking years, yes, but they have finally becoming they become a thing that almost you could almost consider it repulsive because this this is not this is not worshiping god so it goes on and it says who the sun sets free yet again oh is free indeed i am a child of god yes i am Instead of the reality that he ransomed us, bringing us to want to worship him, we are yet again proclaiming more about us. And then the next part says, in my father's house, there's a place for me. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. I think that this is really cool. This is just kind of a side note. Um that if you look up house at all in Luke uh, 10 5 it says um, whatever house you enter first say peace be to this house I think that that is great that whenever it's explaining that you're going into a house you are putting a blessing on it you are putting a praise towards it and this song is lacking in that to say the least so um, one of the verses or not one, but a couple of the verses that I was looking at for this one was Matthew 21, 12 through 16. And it says, and they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never heard out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise. 
and leaving them, he went out to the city to Bethany and lodged there. If you read before, it's talking all about, um, oh, I actually didn't read the first part that I was supposed to. I said 12. So anyways, it says, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And then it leads on to them asking, do you hear what these are saying? And God, Jesus literally states right there, out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. Praise right there. With everything that Jesus did, he was healing the blind, he was healing the lame, and they immediately started singing, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David. Where in that does it say anything about, oh, I'm no longer blind, I am no longer lame? Nowhere. They are praising him. Jesus is so upset about the fact that they made his temple this disgusting place. A place that was full of greedy people, which is what we are becoming. We might not be greedy whenever it comes to the fact that we want money, but we're greedy on the fact that we want our praise. We're becoming idolatrous, greedy people because this song, this song clearly states that. Okay, so we're going to move on. Um, so it gets to the big bridge, right? And it says, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. In Psalm 105:43 it says so he brought his people out with joy his chosen ones with singing. And then in 1 Thessalonians 1:4 it says for we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you. This statement is a fact. We are chosen. There are the ones that he has chosen but it's all through love. That God loved us. And then because of that, what it says in Psalm is he brought his people out. And we need to be praising him. His chosen ones with singing. Not just these empty words that mean nothing to him. But with words that truly explain the transformation that happened in our heart. And that was only capable by a holy God. I thought that it was really, really interesting that for a worship song, the amount of times that like a version of me was mentioned is 39 times. And the amount of times that a version of God was mentioned is only 24. I think that that's a bit telling as well. 
I heard a uh, quote from Matt Chandler, and it says, People don't like love. They like that flittery, flirty feeling. They don't love love. Love is sacrificial. Love is ferocious. It's not emotive. Our culture doesn't love love. It loves the idea of love. It wants the emotion without paying anything for it. This is exactly what I feel like on a Sunday. Most people are saying that they don't necessarily want to have this love with God because it is ferocious and it is something that is sacrificial. We have to give of ourselves for it. We have to give up things to have a relationship with Christ, but it's so worth it because he gave up the most sacred thing so that we could have a relationship with him. But we want all the emotion that comes along with the love of God without any of the other stuff. And I don't, I don't know about you, but that's, that is, that's something that's really hard to put into words because honestly, it just frustrates me so much. Um, and it frustrates me because I've been there and I've done that. In 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5, it says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God is building us up to be a spiritual house, right? To be a holy priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. When we bring him, worship is a form of a spiritual sacrifice. It is laying down your pride, laying down yourself and proclaiming who God is. And professing that he is greater than us. And that we can never ever amount to, we can never amount to him. And we don't ever want to. But I can honestly say that I don't I don't think that this is if we sing songs like this, we're never gonna get there. I wanted to end with this prayer that I had read that I thought was just Incredible, because it does explain some of the stuff that was spoken about in this song. But it is also, it is perfect for what I believe a praise song should consist of. I believe that when we die and we're in heaven, all we're doing is worshiping. And I truly believe that this prayer is going to be closer to what we're going to actually be saying than who you say I am. Because in heaven, it's not going to mean anything about who we were on earth. None of that's going to matter. But I'm going to end with this. O God of the highest heaven, occupy the throne of my heart. Take full possession and reign supreme. Lay low every rebel lust. Let no vile passion resist thy holy war. 
manifest thy mighty power, and make me thine forever. Thou art worthy to be praised with my every breath, loved with my every faculty of soul, served with my every act of life. Thou hast loved me, espoused me, received me, purchased, washed, favored, clothed, adored me, when I was worthless, vile, soiled, polluted. I was dead in iniquities, having no eyes to see thee, no ears to hear thee, no taste to relish thy joys, no intelligence to know thee, but thy spirit has quickened me, has brought me into a new world as a new creature, has given me spiritual perception, has opened to me thy word as light, guide, solace, joy. Thy presence is to me a treasure of an ending peace. No provocation can part me from thy sympathy, for thou hast drawn me with cords of love, and dost forgive me daily, hourly. Oh, help me then to walk worthy of thy love, of my hopes and my vocation. Keep me, for I cannot keep myself. Protect me that no evil befall me. Let me lay aside every sin admired of many. Help me to walk by thy side, lean on thy arm, hold converse with thee, that henceforth I may be salt of the earth and a blessing to all. Guys, I'm not saying any of this stuff because I want to ruffle feathers. I'm not saying any of this stuff because I want to make people upset or anything like that, but it's because... It is one of the saddest things to realize that songs like Who You Say I Am bring such a heavy response in a congregation, yet songs like Hosanna or songs that are only proclaiming who God is, old hymns, Hymns that are remade, they don't even get as much of a response. And those are the ones that are actually praising God. Those are the ones that are actually doing what a worship time is supposed to do. Which is bring you to the feet of Jesus and to ready your heart to hear a message that's not about you but a message that is still about God. And so I wanted to start with this song, like I said, because it was the first one that really made me understand this sort of stuff. And to be honest, I think it's one of the worst ones. But until next time, this is Maddie, and I'm so happy that you spent all this time listening and I don't mind hearing your thoughts on this. I don't mind if you don't agree. And I obviously don't mind if you do agree. I would love to have feedback. I would love to hear things. And I'm sure that there's things that I say in this that right now I, I'm i ignorant to a higher understanding or a higher truth. I get that. But um, I still want to know. I want to know what you're thinking. And so please comment. Let me know. But until then... I'm so thankful that you spent almost 30 minutes with me on my very first recording. Um, And just so you guys know, I did not murder my cat. He ended up settling down. But I love you guys. 
and be sure to praise God from whom all blessings flow.